but let's always take a moment to also see what we have achieved thus far, while we clearly see the moment that we are presently in. So we have achieved a lot. And welcome back to the Unregulated Podcast. This is episode number 138 here on Wednesday, June 28th in the year of our Lord. And I am your co-host, Tom Pyle, who is taking a moment to see what we have achieved thus far. I'm Mike McKenna, your co-hostess, and I've given up on trying to figure out what I might have achieved either now or in the future or in the present or pretty much any time at all. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Now, uh, we're not going to have a ton of clips this week because our producer skipped town, and uh, so we don't have the soundboard this week. Hopefully that <laughs> one came through. It took all of, took all of, our, took all of our show with him. <laughs> <laughs> this is the importance of having a really good producer, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, any, any announcements for you? I have one. Uh, it is my... Uh, eldest child's my daughter's birthday today so uh happy birthday margaret i know you probably are not gonna listen to this and if you do you're listening to it for a critique to tell me how i can do it better so um just remember i i watch your entire life and think the same thing so <laughs> well i wish you a happy birthday as well maggie and uh I don't have any other announcements other than to let our wonderful listeners know in advance that we are going to take next week off to celebrate our nation's anniversary. Happy 4th of July, everybody. Uh, sorry, uh, we're not going to be able to entertain you next week, but this does uh, promote us or prompt us, I should say, to really get focused on putting up some of these best ofs together that we we keep talking about so yeah and everyone's still waiting for a signed photo just keep waiting we're eventually get to that too <laughs> we are not very good marketers ladies and gentlemen we're good talkers but not good marketers yeah so uh camel she just never disappoints the vice president heartbeat away okay the funny thing about this is this is terrible the funny thing about this is is that her squad literally in Politico today, like spent three paragraphs talking all about how um, they thought they had turned a corner and she was finding her voice and things were a lot better. And I was just like, you got to be kidding me. And then, of course, yeah. Said, and then this happens. So you dig that up. It's just like, yeah. All right. So I do have to credit RNC research, uh, the Twitter handle for RNC, because they do uh, a great job coming up with these doozies so i can't say i don't have a little bit of help uh they're they're, they're pretty good at this so it's, it's still at the end of the day it's the content provider who's making it happen right that and is true but they make our job a little easier okay so this day in history in 1914 yeah that's too easy right um gavril princeps puts a bullet in uh archduke ferdinand and his wife uh, I can't remember her name. Um, Sophie. Sophie, and uh, kills them and in Sarajevo. Yes, sir. Um, and launches the war. Launches the world, the world towards the Great War. A um, couple of things that you need to know about that. Um, first off, uh, old Gavril there missed his first opportunity, so went into a bar and had two drinks. Came back out, and the car being 
the car in which Ferdinand and Sophie were being um, chauffeured had gotten lost in the streets of Sarajevo and Gavril walks out of the bar and sure enough, who's sitting there, but right there, right there, pops them both. Um, Second chances. Yeah. The other thing that never gets talked about, and I'm not sure why, because I always like to talk about this stuff is the religion of the various um, actors in this particular play. The Archduke and his wife were, of course, Roman Catholics. They were Austrians, uh, German speakers. Gavril was, of course, you ready? Shoot. He was a Muslim. Okay. He was a Muslim, right? Um, so for those of you who think that like our little, our little back and forth nowadays is some new thing, it's not a new thing. It's been going on for at least 100 years. So, um, yeah, sorry, that this day in history. New, no need to apologize. Uh, so on this day in history in 1919. Um, Woodrow Wilson signs the peace accords. The Treaty of Versailles was yeah. signed at the palace in France, signifying the end of World War One. Good marketing there ending it on this on the anniversary of the beginning of it so yeah all right so this one is because this this show is going to be car heavy because so i heard a rumor that uh, we're being flagged so i thought i'd pile on in 1953 on this day like what happened uh, the i'll Edsel give you a hint it's joe biden's favorite car man oh the corvette Yes, sir. Wor workers assembled the first Corvette in Flint, Michigan, a two-seater sport car that would become an American icon. The first completed production car rolled off the assembly line two days later, one of just 300 made that year. What are they making? In Fisher Auto Body? I don't know. Yeah, uh, but I'm not in, sure. Uh, made in the Fisher plant. Uh, featured a polo white exterior and red interior, a two-speed power glide automatic transmission, etc. Lots of bells and whistles. Um, in in '54, went into mass production at a Chevy plant in St. Louis. Sales were lackluster in the beginning, uh, but uh, America's sport car has uh, soon became ingrained in pop culture throughout multiple references in movies, television, and music, and in Joe Biden's garage right next to the documents. So, you know, the, you know that the terrible thing is that's not a joke. It's not. It, I'm not being facetious. That that is in fact where. I'm where, serious. Let that, me tell you something. It's a great car. That is in fact where his classified documents were being kept in his garage. So. Joe Biden, the Joe Biden whisper. I had a lot of clips from Joe Biden today, but as I as I mentioned earlier, we are not playing them. So maybe we'll throw them in the show notes. Okay, so last one, and I got a few birthdays because today's an interesting birthday day. 1997. In 1997, on this evening, this day in 1997, it is a wow. sports moment, and it is one of the more bizarre ones uh, we probably. Randy Johnson killed a bird. No, no, we've done Randy Johnson. I don't remember that. What, this what? was the evening that Mike Tyson decided to bite yeah. Evander Holyfield's ear. That, yeah. Well, that, what can you say? Good for him. All right. All right. Birthdays. Okay. This is, this shocked me. In 1971, this dude was born. 
Elon Musk. He's my age. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think I, yeah. Yeah. I, I think I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's uh, 52, right? Not now. 1960 quarterback has a great steakhouse. Uh, I don't know. Quarterback was a great steakhouse. Got me. Denver. Oh, John Elway. Yeah. Uh, and then in 1926, Mel Brooks was born, dude. Is he still and alive? He's still kicking. Yeah, he's still alive. So, wow. All right. Uh, we had we had an interview scheduled, but unfortunately, due to technical difficulties, we will have to postpone that for uh, two weeks from now. Uh, very excited uh, to have uh, this guest on. She actually did a little research and was prepared to mix it up with us. So hopefully that'll happen. I'm gonna get straight into it. I got. Um, Quite a few articles to go through here. The first I will read you from the New York Post. Mama Mia. <laughs> New York City rules crack down on coal and wood-fired pizzerias. Must cut carbon emissions up to 75%. The New York City Department of Environmental Protection has drafted new rules that would order eateries using the decades-old baking method to slice carbon emissions, get that by up to 75%. All New Yorkers deserve to breathe healthy air and wood and coal-fired stoves are among the largest contributors of harmful pollutants in neighborhoods with poor air quality. The rules could require pizzerias with such ovens installed prior to 2016 to buy pricey emission control devices. With the owner of one Brooklyn joint saying he's already tossed 20000 on an air filter system in anticipation of the new mandate. So what do we got? Lombardi's, we got Grimaldi's. They're all in the crosshairs here. Pizzagate. Yeah. This is the true Pizzagate. Yeah. So three years ago or four years ago, right before the pandemic, I actually went to a wedding in Brooklyn in uh, March. Right. And um, it, they had it in Prospect Park. Don't ask me. It was just a hippie. I, you know, I, I'm amazed the bride wore shoes kind of thing. Um, but what struck me is, you know, having done some growing up in the city, there's a, there used to be a pizza joint on every corner almost literally right yeah yeah so there's we're slice there. joints everywhere but they got yeah. they don't have the coal ovens per se yeah they just you know but the funny thing is and i'm going somewhere with this there aren't nearly as many mm. i guess what i'm saying is i think the new york department of environmental conservation might have um might have picked their targets well you know because the the, the business the industry was consolidating anyway so they're just like you know what we're just going to rub out the small guys here and let the bigger let the bigger guys dominate it and no one you know we're just like because right, they they'll the big joints will install whatever it is they need that's to right install, and, you right. know the funny thing is growing up as a kid you used to call down to the corner joint you know order a couple of pizzas and your mom would send you down there you know for dinner and you'd pick up the pizzas right and you knew the guy and he knew you and sometimes you had the money and sometimes you didn't and nobody cared that that new york is gone and i'm sorry to see it go and i'm sorry to i'm sorry that the New York. I'm sorry, but not surprised that the New York City government is participating in its demise. Yeah. Did you see the? I sent you a Twitter. Uh, this dude rolled up to City Hall and started tossing slices over the fence. Yeah, he's probably lucky <laughs> he's, he didn't get shot. Yeah. All right. So here's another one. Uh, this is from Bloomberg. New York City sets fines for extra forks, ketchup, and soy sauce packets in takeout orders. Oh, for God's sake. It's New Yorkers fine. with takeout-heavy diets soon won't have to contend with an overwhelming array of unwanted plastic spoons and chopsticks. 
Restaurants sorry, wait, whoa, face whoa, whoa, new fines. This this is who, the who, article. Who wrote this? Who wrote Laura Nahima Naimas Bloomberg. Bloomberg. I know. I'm go telling ahead, sorry. you. No, no, it's fine. The city on Tuesday recommended fines ranging from fifty to two hundred and fifty dollars for restaurants, food delivery, and third-party courier services that send utensils and other items like soy sauce and ketchup packets to customers who didn't ask for them. The result of the so-called skip the stuff bill that was signed into law last February. Okay, so you wanted to deconstruct the media on this a little bit? Go for Ladies it. Ladies and gentlemen, when people tell you that the media doesn't have their biases, you should read those first two sentences because that that is literally i guarantee you lifted from either the talking points or the press release of the of the idiot agency in new york city that proposed that it, it it's so horrible it's not even it's not even comprehensible as journalism yeah exactly i got and 50 bucks way, as you i got 50 bucks as you went to columbia or missouri or harvard or brown or one of those other god-awful places yeah, churning out the, the nation's best by the way who doesn't use that stuff i mean how many people don't have emergency ketchup packets and soy sauce packets in their junk drawer in in their kitchen what do you mean and i don't know anybody who said i didn't want all this stuff why did they put these utensils in my damn takeout it's it's anyway uh, so it is bloomberg and it just it's ironic to me not ironic but do you remember when when bloomberg started proposing like cutting down on the uh big gulps and Uh, you know all i mean this like we, we were making fun of him literally he was nanny bloomberg right yeah this is what's going on in new york in particular well you know it, it it's it's a terrible thing to say but it's the truth um you know new york is not what it was it it's it's become well i don't know how to say this the right way it's become basically a liberal city it used to be a pretty conservative city even though it elected democrats Keep in mind, this is the same city that elected Rudy Giuliani. It so, was okay. it, it raised. Uh, I wouldn't say concern. I w- what I would describe it as is gritty, right? People had people were tough. Yeah, right. Well, New Yorkers were tough. This is not that anymore. This is just beyond. This is just insanity. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I think it might have been Studs Terkel. It may not have been who once described New Yorkers as tough. New York as a city full of tough, damaged people. I always thought that's a great description of yeah. New York. All right. Uh, I'm going to move on. This this is going to be a long segment here. This is uh, Cars, Cars, Cars. Yay. And I want to start with this article from E&E. Uh, this was David, uh, I'm going to butcher this, Iaconangelo? Iaconangelo. Anyway. Econ Angelo, thank you. DOE backs $9.2 billion loan for Ford EV batteries. The uh, Energy Department's loan office gave conditional backing Thursday for three electric vehicle battery plants being jointly planned by Ford and South Korea-based SK-On, which could become the biggest single award from the office. If finalized, the $9.2 billion loan, emphasis on billion, to Blue Oval, Bosque is what they're calling it, would help fund two lithium batteries in Kentucky and a third in Tennessee. 
batteries from those sites would be used to power future EV models, uh, et cetera, et cetera, from Ford. Now, this is not the first loan that Ford has received from the, the LPO loan office in DOE. The first was a $5.9 billion direct loan back in 2009. Remember the bailout era? Uh, to upgrade car factories. Uh, that was repaid fully, finally, last year. So yeah. right after they got done paying their $5.9 billion loan, they went, turned around and got a $9.2 billion loan. Um, I mean, you, I think you theorized that the car companies were going to become regulated entities, right? And here we are. Uh, this is insane. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your money that you you pay in taxes and send to Washington, D.C. It's being handed to the Ford Motor Company to, to do what they're supposed to do, which is build, which is build cars. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. Ford, Ford, Ford makes money. It's a profit. It's a profitable company. Why are we giving it money? Why are we taking money from people to give it to Ford? I, this is just this is not good. It's not good. All right. Well, I'm not off of Ford yet because this is from Reuters uh, just yesterday. So, uh, so they're taking billions of dollars in loans from the government, but what else are they doing? Ford to cut jobs in the U.S. and Canada to trim costs. Yeah. Ford Motor Company said on Tuesday it will begin layoffs this week, impacting mostly engineering jobs in the U.S. and Canada as part of Detroit's move exit unprofitable locations and cut headcount. Uh, the development comes after the company said in May it expects to take up to, uh, it's, sorry, rephrase, it expects to take up restructuring charges. Uh, now you deconstruct that word for us, between $1.5 billion and $2 billion in 2023 at least a, a thousand salary employees in North America. This thing is just so bad. I, you know, it, it's all bad. I, I, if we're not talking about this, if people aren't talking about this, um, if people aren't talking about this during the campaign, there's no justice in the world. I mean, if well, I was, if I was, if I was a Republican candidate, I swear to God, I would go to Ford headquarters. I'd go out to their factories. I'd be like, Hey, let's see who they're laying off today. And let's see how much money they got from the Biden administration. And well, see, I don't know see. if you're still uh, advising anybody in Mar-a-Lago, but this is from E&E News from Scott Waldman yesterday as well. <laughs> you ready for the headline? Trump stokes electric car fears in Michigan. So Republicans pounce and Trump stokes fear. Uh, former President Donald Trump is trying to tap into union auto workers' anxieties about the switch to electric vehicles seeking a political vulnerability in one of the Biden administration's signature economic policies. He aimed a barrage of attacks at Joe Biden's environmental stances during a campaign speech on Sunday yeah, by to the about 2,000 people in Novi, Michigan, contending that electric car manufacturing will destroy jobs in the auto industry. True. Well, gee, true. The, the Biden's just old, did. Biden's old crew says that. It, yeah. It, that's the thing. Trump said a bunch of truths and it got everybody annoyed. Well, I, I mean, he's stoking fear, though, Mike. Well, good. I'm glad. Biden. Joe Biden is a catastrophe for Michigan and his environmental extremism 
it is heartless and disloyal and horrible for the American worker. True. You start. Okay. So then the whole article goes into how UAW is holding off on endorsing Biden. Um, and they cited the loan guarantee as one of the, the, uh, the reasons that they withheld um, their support for. How for could Biden. you not? How could you not? I mean, look, everybody knows what the, everyone knows that you're going to, no matter what else you think about the EV mandate, right, coming our way, whether you think it's a good idea or a bad idea or something in between, there's, there's two indisputables about it. One is it's going to make us more reliant on China. That's just that, right? There's no getting around that. And two is it's going to require, if we really switch over to electric vehicles, it's going to require many, many, many fewer mechanics, and other people who work on cars. And that's just the truth too. And you know what? You can, again, think what you want about that. You can think it's a great thing or a bad thing or whatever, but the president's right. You, you can't pretend it's not, it's, that's not the fact. That is in fact, the fact. Yes. So. But also they pointed out that those plants are being uh, put up in red States that are non-union States. Of course they are. The, the automakers aren't stupid. Right. And so what they're doing, of course, is indeed killing Michigan as the hub of the auto industry in the United States, one. And two, if you could devise a political uh, strategy uh, better, I don't know what there is, except maybe for the clean power plan that back in the day, the, the governors that are like welcoming this stuff, I, I think we're, we have, we should, they should be cautious. Because this isn't going to end well. One, those jobs are going to end up going away. We've seen place after place after place with this green energy stuff where, where states have set have taken the bait, uh, given a whole bunch of goodies away to put up these facilities and plants only to see them shut down years later. So not only do those jobs disappear, none of the uh, what was promised ever comes to fruition. Okay. And and that's where we're headed with all of this stuff. Of course. Look, I'll make it simple. I'll make it simple. If your business model depends on the federal government giving you cash, you don't have a business model. Because eventually, eventually, sometimes it takes 30 or 40 years, but eventually the federal government stops giving you cash. And that's that. Of course. All right. Um, I'm going to roll through these. I got a few more and then I got a kicker at the end. This is from Fox Business. Jaguar recalls I-PACE electric vehicles due to fire risk in batteries. Jaguar owners said, Jaguar says owners should park away from structures and when possible, charge their vehicles outdoors until recall repairs are made. If you own uh, one of these automakers, park them outdoors. They're recalling 6,000. Of course, that's you know, also kind of funny in the U.S. due to high, uh, the risk of high voltage battery catching fire. Okay, who owns these cars and where do they mostly reside? Well, I'm sure they, well, just the, the, the statistics tell you that people who own them most, I, 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 I'm having a little trouble pulling the exact number out of my head, but, but more than half make, I think, 200,000 bucks now a year. Um, and then the two the two states with highest ownership of electric vehicles, California and Texas. 
Yeah, and New York's a close third, but where do they usually, where are they concentrated? In dense oh. urban areas say, with oh. parking garages, yeah, yeah, with yeah. people I'm who sorry. don't own yes. homes. They live in condos. Where are they going to do? What are they going to do? Park it in Central Park? They're going to park it out. Overnight on the, to charge it? They're going to park it out on the back 40 and hope everything goes well. Look, guys, it, this is so... <laughs> Everyone's going to know this by the time this conversation's over five, six years, seven years from now, when, when one side or the other is one. The chemistry of lithium is very dicey. And charging it and recharging it, charging it and recharging it, charging and recharging it makes it more dicey. These fires are not going to go away. It's because they, they're a feature of the chemical, the chemistry of the cars. Right. Okay, so let me just roll through here. The, the, the recall is the latest in a series of EV battery recalls. Yeah. Because of the potential for fires, they were made by LG Energy Solution, which is under investigation by NHTSA after five automakers issued recalls due to possible defects. This is the future, ladies and gentlemen. General Motors, Mercedes, Hyundai, Stellantis, and Volkswagen have all issued recalls since February 2020, most due to internal battery failures that can cause the risk of increased fires. So there's that. Uh, ready for another one or you got something? I just want to, I just want to give my weekly, our weekly reminder that General Motors is especially guilty in this respect and they deserve whatever opprobrium comes their way. Sorry. That's a weekly notice for GM. Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> Electric trucks. This is a Fox business hit. This is from a couple days ago. I think electric truck maker Lordstown motors. Files for bankruptcy. Oh boy. You know, I missed this. Really? Lo Sue's Foxconn. Lordtown, Lordstown Motors main product is endurance electric pickup truck. <laughs> <laughs> well, their main endurance. product now ain't that. <laughs> uh, okay. So uh Holy man. Lordstown says Foxconn, which is a uh, uh, Chinese company. Yes, uh, and uh, a big uh, has a big stake in, in the manufacturer. So that should tell you something else. They hold an 8.4% stake. Uh, they accuse them of fraudulent conduct and a series of broken promises and failing to abide by an agreement to invest up to 170 million in the manufacturer. Despite our best efforts and earnest commitment to the partnership, Foxconn willfully and repeatedly failed to execute on the agree upon strategy leaving us with chapter 11 as the only viable option to maximize the value of Lordstown's assets. How about nobody bought your endurance vehicle? I was going to have anything man. to do with it or no, I don't know. Don't, I'm just don't curious. Build, don't, don't sell crap and it won't be a problem. Friends. If you guys, if you guys were giving away like good stuff, people would be like, Hey, who cares? And the Chinese would be like, sure, whatever. We'll give you another 170 million bucks. I don't blame the Chinese for looking at this. Like this seems like a loser, even by American standards, this seems like a loser. All right. I got another one for you. This is, um, and I got way too many Axios articles this, this week, but gas powered cars won't die off anytime soon. According to Axios, Americans are keeping their vehicles longer than ever. Good news for repair shops, but bad news for anyone expecting a rapid phase out of gas powered cars. More editorial. The, um, Who wrote this? This is from Nathan Bomey. I don't and know him. Joanne Muller. Yeah. Okay. 
So um, the average, this is the, the average. Is it, is it just real quick? Is it good news for anybody? <laughs> the longer people hold on to their internal combustion cars, the longer it will take to replace those vehicles with newer, more environmentally sustainable technology. That's in the report. I just thought I'd share that with you. That will cost you $27,000. That's two senses. <laughs> the more environmentally sustainable technology. Like a like like the batteries like the batteries fire. that are blowing up and causing chemical fires yeah God almighty the average uh this is this is the, the part though the average of uh, age of light vehicles on the road in the u.s is now at an all-time high of 12.5 years up three yep. months from 2022 yep it was s&p global mobility two decades ago the average was nine years and this was one of the big drivers of the trump rule uh where they talked about the fact that the this very phenomenon is the reason that there are more issues and accidents because the newer cars have have better tech to kind of you know coddle you and keep you safe right so this is a function of the fact that cars are too expensive they're be they're built better yes granted and also people want to extend their lives because they don't they're not they're not able to afford these these new cars. That's right. Which which leads me directly to my personal policy uh, preference for how to solve this problem. Are you ready? Are you ready? You're gonna I'm like ready. it. Ready. You're gonna like it. What we need is a tax credit for purchases of new vehicles. All new vehicles need to get a five thousand dollar tax credit. All electric gas. I'm not sure. Yes, with you. Absolutely. I think I'm going to take the opposite tack and I'm going to say that the automakers should be required to put trans, you know, on that uh, on that sticker. Yeah, the MSRP. On all your new cars with all the different charges for everything. Yeah. They should be putting in there the subsidy to offset the losses on their electric vehicle. Well, you know what? Or cafe. You know what? Those two things. Or cafe. Yeah, yeah, those two things are not mutually exclusive. We could have them both. And but I what I would also say if we unwind all of this stuff, then they get and they get back to making cars that people want to buy. They'll we make more of them the, and they'll be cheaper and they'll be more more we uh, still yeah. should have the tax credit because Americans need personal mobility. And let me tell you something: if we're serious about saving our cars, and we, we are, are, ladies and gentlemen, and we're we are to save our cars coalition. Part of it is going to be making sure everybody has as much personal mobility. And that doesn't mean trains and buses and stuff like that. It means their own cars as we possibly can get. I'm telling you, it's going to sweep the country. <laughs> Here's the, this is a great line of this. April's average new vehicle transaction price was $48,275, up 3.7% from a year earlier. Partly because of the popularity of more expensive trucks and SUVs, <laughs> the Cali Blue Book. Uh, and then this guy, this this uh, this dude for S and P, the prices are astronomical. If current owners don't need a new car, they're simply not buying one. And then Axios editorializes: the transition from gas to electric cars will take decades. It's likely to take until at least 2050 and possibly longer before most gas-powered cars are off the road. All right, let's do a wager. When will the last gas-powered vehicle be on the road? Long after we are dead. How long after 2050? 
at least 2050, according 50 to 50 years expert, at least 50 years. So, okay. I mean, look, gonna... look, you know, the, if nothing else, trucks, you know, the, 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 there's a whole bunch of environments in which electric vehicles don't work, can't work, aren't ever going to work. It, it, you know, bottom line is we use gas. Here's the speech. We use gasoline. We use diesel, not because of some cabal between the refiners and everybody else. We use gasoline and diesel because they provide the most energy in the most transportable and most efficient way possible density they right the energy density it just mobility cannot be matched and you know what maybe somebody in the next 10 years solves the fusion problem and we do that but it ain't going to be electric and the funny thing is the, the the bottom line for axios was the future is electric but gas powered the gas powered past isn't fading away quickly. Yeah. Well, that, so, those pesky consumers. Um, yeah. 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 They, they can buy electric vehicles now. Not a thing stops them. Of course, electric vehicles will go about 67,000 bucks now. So they're about 20,000 higher than gas. So yeah. just saying. All right, I got one more. Go um, I got one more. I'm going to skip. I had a poll, but I'll save it for next week. This is the, this is the killer. And you're going to be like, Whoa, thank you for saving it for the end. This is also from Bloomberg. Stellantis, Stellantis limits gasoline car sales yeah. over California rules. Yeah. I saw Stellantis that. NV, owner of the Jeep and Ram brands, is restricting sales of gasoline-powered vehicles in 14 states to comply with stricter emission standards in California and 13 other states that have adopted similar rules. Car buyers in those 14 states who specifically order gas-fueled vehicles from Stellantis can still buy them, but the automaker is limiting its allocation of cars, SUVs, and trucks with internal combustion engines to its dealer network in those places. Yeah, yeah, that that, and that's right, right? They're not restricting it. They're just they're just giving everybody reduced allocations. I, I predict the car dealers in those in those states are going to go bananas like right away right away i mean if you think about it you're, what are you selling you're selling a jeep dude nobody's coming in and saying hey give me the electric jeep it, it, it's a it's going to be a problem not for me it's going to be a problem for the dealers they're going to have to actually take sides now so i think it's great i'm very glad they did it i, I wish everybody would do it so uh after a couple of attempts the the uh, uh folks at Bloomberg here, the, the reporters got a comment out of car, which is the California Air Resources Board. Yep. It's possible for automakers to comply with the emission rules using existing technology, a car spokesperson said. However, a manufacturer chooses to comply using flexibilities built into the regulations as a business decision they must make for themselves. Yeah. So agency that is unelected and not accountable to voters who rest, who restricts get you know gas powered uh, automobiles in the future tries to say now that it's up to the manufacturer to choose how to comply. Yeah, we need to get rid of cafe. I keep coming back to that. I'm going to keep coming back to it. We need to get rid of the cafe legislation. So when we say that these rules are designed to to lower the availability to make fewer cars, gas-powered cars available in the marketplace, 
we are already seeing the manifestation of that. <laughs> yeah, if, you know, already, and the you, rules haven't even been challenged yet. Yeah, you know that's the funny thing. I figured it was going to take us. I don't know, six months for somebody to like, you know, start to give us confirmatory evidence, but God almighty, we're not even out of the gate yet. And already people are giving us confirmatory evidence. Yes. It's kind of, it's kind of ridiculous. Kind of scary. All right. I, I'm done with my car, Jag. Do you have anything uh, on cars? Yeah. I think we, I, I think we probably exhausted the car thing this week, but uh, uh, these, these things, thing. folks, this is this one of the single most important issues that we face going forward. Okay. I will tell you, I had a, I, Be, in, in part because you're, what you're seeing is you're seeing the, the narrative is these organized greens and their allies on in, in, in the halls of power began with trying to uh, scare uh, to um, co convince you uh, that their agenda was the right thing to do. Then they started to scare you into it. And now they are literally just saying, you know what? We can't, we can't convince them. We can't scare them. We can't incentivize them. We're just going to ram it down their throats. And that's what the pizza is. That's what the soy packets are. And, and that is what this car thing is to a much, much higher degree. Yeah, I, I, I said this, I had the occasion to do some chit chatting with about, I don't know, 30 or 40 Senate press secretaries earlier this week. And somebody asked me, what's the, what's the, um, why is this important? And I said, look, th th this thing about cars, right? It's the most important trade issue we're gonna face in the next 10 years for sure. It's the most important national security issue we're going to face because of the Chinese, the dependence on the communist Chinese for, for the materials. It's the most important energy issue we're going to face, most important environmental issue we're going to face. Um, and it's the most important issue respect, you know, with respect to good government we're going to face. You know, that, that statement from the CARB person is a, is a perfect example of why we need to cut out the underlying statute. Um, but I don't think people yet figured out that that the importance of this right this is this is a, an incredibly important issue and if we don't win we're gonna be living in a really dramatically different country and i'll tell you why you know if they can if the organized state can actually reduce the number of cars sold in this country if they can really do that there's literally nothing literally nothing they will be unable to do no, it's interesting. I kind of a friend of ours uh, thinks we should enshrine uh, the right to purchase a vehicle in the Constitution. I'm starting to come around on that a little bit. I, I so. you know, I, I, I mean, if, if they're successful with cars, they'll come after houses next. At some point, they'll come after. Well, kids. it's just it's complete control. It's complete That's right. control. That's it's, right. It's 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 complete control of everything. In California, Governor Mister, you know, Freedom over there is literally mandating that you put solar panels on your roof. Governor right? Getty. Governor Freedom is is literally mandating that you the types of stoves you can put in your in your home is literally mandating the types of appliances you can you can own uh and now the types of cars you can drive. So that. I'm not sure what that uh, that's all about on the freedom end of the spectrum but <laughs> let's all move right. over to people in the news. Oh hey, I got one other thing on energy. I want to I want to yeah, yeah, fire away. Front run. Yeah, on, on cars specifically. There's a paper coming out in the next week or so 
Um, it's going to be authored by Mark Mills, a friend of the podcast. And it's going to make our case for us about there's no way to, the, the amount of, the volume of minerals and metals available indicates that you're going to have to do with fewer cars. When that paper hits, it, we will we will publicize it appropriately. Yeah. Sorry, I, I just wanted to- No, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, good. Mark Mills is doing solid work on this. He's doing the Lord's work. Okay, people in the news. All right, Adam Schiff, it only took two tries, but they got him. They censured the, the a, a majority of his peers censured adam schiff uh, on the floor of the house of representatives last week and of course yeah. in this day and age he's bragging about it and raising money for his senate campaign no, i would too uh, i would too I, I, you know i don't understand why people do stuff like this i'm like it has it has all the vibe of a bad high school right <laughs> you mean the house yeah i'm gonna not let you sit with me at lunch you're just like okay yeah they took the fine away that was the the first vote uh also involved a fine like i said this is this is this is what happens when this is what happens when you when you elect um petty girls who this is also up, what happens though when petty girls who didn't goes, get over high school you know the other party starts down this road like why haven't they asked for yeah joe you know, biden's text you know I, I literally just had this conversation with a friend, literally before I walked in here with a friend of mine. And I'm just going to say what, what everyone's mother has said to them. And I want you everybody to think about it. Um, I think every mother that I know said, hey, do two wrongs make a right? Right? How many times have you asked that question as a kid? My mother used to ask me. Yeah, all, but we don't live in that era anymore. I, I mean, the, okay, the let me just stop are, you there. Let the me just conservatives stop you right are, there. I, okay, this is just okay. I I interrupted you, so you're right. I should. No, 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 no. I'm just. I, okay, that's exactly what my friend said. He said, oh, "We don't live in that era." I'm like, let me tell you something else that your mother said all the time. You are not responsible for what other people do. You are only responsible for what you do. I'm 100% there. And, and I, am, I am so resistant to the idea of those guys started the fight. I'm like, yeah, I get, I it. get it. I get it. But you know what? That doesn't mean it's a good fight. It doesn't mean we should, we should add on to it. Anyway, go ahead. No, I mean, it goes back to restoring the institution, right? We, we think these were uh, material uh, breaches of, of respect and decorum in the chamber. And now they're, you know, fighting fire with fire. So, which is going to lead to more respect. Yeah. Right. All right. Uh, this I mean, is because uh, if, if you think about it, if you think about it, that's definitely what our Lord said. He said, "You know what? If somebody wrongs you, just, just, just hit just a give hit, it right back. Hit, hit them that, harder. Hit that mf'er with a flamethrower. Punch him. Punch him. <laughs> that'll, that'll definitely make it better next time. <laughs> All right. Well, this is a guy that I don't know. He might deserve a but. He definitely <laughs> deserves a punch. But you know what? The great thing about no, life no, not Schiff. I don't care. Schiff's a pencil head. Oh, you mean somebody else? Go ahead. Sorry. This guy. Are ready for this? This is also sure. from Axios. Larry Fink oh, ashamed boy. to be part of ESG political debate. Black Rock CEO Larry Fink said he's no longer using the term ESG because it is being politically weaponized, and he's ashamed to be part of the debate on the issue think uh let's see in a conversation at the aspen ideas festival on sunday 
<laughs> Inc. acknowledged that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' decision to pull $2 billion in assets hurt his firm in 2022, but made clear last year was his company's best with net flows of $200 billion from U.S. clients. I'm ashamed of being part of this conversation, Fink said. When I write these investment letters, it was never meant to be a political statement. They were written to identify long-term issues to our long-term investors, he told the crowd. Okay, yeah, yes, but when pressed on the statement later in the conversation, Fink backtracked. I never said I was ashamed, he said incorrectly. I'm not ashamed. I do believe in conscientious capitalism. I'm just not going to use the word ESG because it's been misused by the far left and the far right, he added. Yeah. So um, so let me, let me yeah. paraphrase. Republicans are winning the message in war on ESG, regular, regular capitalists. So I'm not going to use the term anymore, but I'm going to keep on doing right. what I've been doing. Right. I'm, and I'm, I'm going to double down on it. I'm sorry I got caught. I'm sorry the other side has made me look foolish. So I'm going to change that. I'm going to see if I can move the terms of the debate. Um, I had a I had some lunch today with some Japanese um, think tank folks from Japan, and um, they asked me about ESG, and I, I and I referenced Larry Fink I, that that statement. Right? I said, look, you know, when a guy like Larry Fink, who's up to his eyeballs in the murderous genocidal regime in China, right? The, the only U.S. Uh, fund that has access to Chinese markets, correct? I think that's right. He, you know, he, he's, if there were a war crimes tribunal, he would no doubt be standing in front of it at the moment. Um, so anyway, that guy, when that guy gets up and says, I don't want to talk about ESG anymore, you know, all we're talking about now is the terms of the surrender, right? Um, you know, he's going to try to fidget around and change titles and move the grounds. But the bottom line is, is that this is a debate that's been won. And all we're doing now is sort of mopping up the, the remnants, right? We're, we're, we're closing out the other armies. I thought it was very interesting that he said it. Um, I thought it was very interesting where he chose to say it too, right? Aspen? Yeah, the, the Davos of the United States. Exactly. The of Davos here in the United States. These you know, guys, they get together and they just like yeah they give each they, they whack each other off am i allowed to say that on the podcast <laughs> i don't know you know they, they give each I guess other we'll keep our clean rating you know they give each other reach arounds and it's it's insane i don't right? know about that part <laughs> it it the thing about the thing about aspen the thing about aspen is um you know it's full of the garden variety you know communist and leftist in this country so to do it in front of them it was almost like hey guys you know, ixnay on the ESG it's, from here. Yeah, and on right. Out. It's okay, guys. We can move on. It's yeah, okay. Exactly. I, I, I give you. I absolve you. You don't have yes. to follow me anymore. Yes. Yes. He didn't go on TV to do it. He went to Aspen and did it in right. front of all of his his co-religionists. Okay. Um. By the way, have you ever been invited to the Aspen Ideas Institute? I can't imagine why we are not doing a live recording of the podcast in, in that crowd. Do you know? By the way, my son asked me that. He, the other day he said not why i and aspen but he says why don't you guys do live podcasts i'm like well we tried to do one at a restaurant but then they wanted to know what we were actually going to talk about <laughs> and they decided no we're not that much in favor of free speech right exactly i got another one here like father like daughter this is um mark moreno you know mark he he uh threw this out on the on the twitters yeah apparently the the new 
World Health Organization, and get this is the exact title, Director General Special Envoy for Climate Change and Health for the World Health Organization. Oh, Carrie's kid. Is Dr. Vanessa Carey. What's she a doctor of? Card-carrying member of the World Health, uh, uh, the World Economic Forum is now literally the equivalent of her dad's role at the World Health Organization. What? So what? What? He's an actual doctor. She's an actual doctor. Not a Jill yes. Biden thing. No, it's not a Jill Biden thing. So. Okay, sorry, I had to ask because for years no, I thought no, Jill I, Biden was fair, an actual doctor. And, and and in fairness, she did get a medical degree, but not. But, good I just, enough, but she's not I've, good enough to practice. Um, I think she does practice. I think she does. She's a critical care physician at Massachusetts General Hospital. Oh, well, there you go. Well, so, if you were doing something useful like that, why would you join the World Health Organization? Well, when, when, where else would you get a chance to have the same title as your father? Special Envoy for Climate Change. I don't know. So. I, okay. Whatever. All right, we can who's, move on. Whose kid, who's kid is she? He didn't have any kids with, oh my with gosh. Teresa Hines, did he? I don't know. It's a good question. I think he just had, must be first wife or second wife. You have three? I think I'm three. not sure how many he, he's rattled through, but he... You got to be honest. I have to be honest. The idea that even two women would marry him is just ridiculous. I mean, look at the guy. So um, women this are very from, generous. From our the gentleman we interviewed last week through this on the Twitters, you Penn. You familiar with you Penn? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they were excited to welcome Dr. Joe Rom. Oh yeah, I saw that. I hadn't heard his name in a long time. I like, thought he I was dead. He disappeared off the planet. Um, the 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 oh, what is this thing? The public Penn Center for Science, Sustainability, and the Media <laughs> has welcomed Joe Rom, senior research fellow. Now they list his long list of accomplishments, but as Bastash pointed out they failed to recognize his role in the um dem aligned pack think progress you remember remember that remember yeah. he, he's, he's widely credited as one of the first climate alarmist bullies out there yeah, i was gonna say out was there like, in social media not a mention of that where he spent years he was a hitman for think progress exactly so anyway I welcome joe rom to you pen well pen it makes sense. Penn's got them. They had that, 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 that they have Mike Mann, you know, they, they got all the climate crazies over there. Yeah, huh? Exactly. Right. That's what Penn's becoming. It's becoming the, the climate crazies. And they the have 90s. the Biden center over there too. They so. got the Biden center over there. They got Chinese money, you know, look, I'm just going to say this as nicely as I can. If you're, if you're careless enough to send your child to an Ivy league school, Send him or her to Dartmouth or Princeton. At least they got a fighting chance of not come or Cornell, which is not really an Ivy League school, but eh, close enough. Um, where they at least have a fighting chance of turning out normal. Do not send them to Penn, Brown, Harvard, Yale. Just don't. Or Columbia. That goes without saying. Nobody should send anybody to Columbia. Okay, I've got one more and a close, but they go together. So the floor is yours until you turn it over to me, sir. I'll give you, uh, I want to just do a quick campaign overview, um, not overview, just a quick campaign report. Uh, president Trump, of course, last week pointed out that if he was president, he would stop birthright citizenship. 
apparently nobody told him about the 14th Amendment, nor did anybody alert him that he had made the same promise in 2015, 2016, 17, 18, 19, and 20. Um, guys, I don't know how to say this. You're an incumbent. It's an incumbent campaign. You've got a record. You have to run on it. You can't just say stuff anymore. Um, no, he'll still stay say stuff. He's of not course he will, but run it, a conventional campaign. Staff's got to be with their. I will say this: I looked at the recent polls, and he's got double digits uh, in in the key early primaries on DeSantis and everyone else. He's yeah. blowing out of the water completely. So um, yeah. you know, I don't know what's going to happen here, but he's consolidating his lead. I, it is what it is. Um, that doesn't mean he's a good candidate. I just or he'll win the general. Huh? Or he'll win the general. Or right? that he'll win the general. Uh, on that, I, it's just I'm just reporting the news. That's all. Yeah, seriously, don't send us hate mail. Um, <laughs> on, on the other side of the world, the um, team Biden's decided they're going to fight it out on Bidenomics. Oh yes, I was going to bring this up, but I'm, it, <laughs> this it's, is um, so great. <laughs> they've decided that this economic record uh, is something they want to talk about. And I'm looking forward to that conversation since uh, our friends at the Committee to Unleash Prosperity um, literally just put out something this morning showing that people's actual earning power has deteriorated about 5,500 bucks per year um, since the team Biden took over. Everyone, everyone, everybody out in the world is asking me, why isn't he getting a bump from the infrastructure thing or IRA and all the ribbon cuttings? I'm like, who's benefiting from it? Exactly. That's what I always say. I'm like, those benefits are like concentrated in corporate America for the most part. And how many the, of them are going to, how many, how many times can they vote? Exactly. And, and the economic damage that these guys have done is of course spread among all the poor suckers who have to pay three bucks for eggs. Um, so Bidenomics, I'm looking forward to that. Oh, it's more than three pal. Whatever. Um, it, it's, um, no, I did find that hilarious. It's, it's an I, interesting was, thing. I was wondering if you were going to bring it up. I was going to hold it for next week because they're really pushing this Bidenomics thing. It's hilarious. It's, 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 in, it's inexplicable. It's, you know what it is? You know what it is? It's from the middle out and the bottom up. Oh, yeah, whatever. Um, it's Saul Alinsky, right? Rules yeah. for radicals. Um, last thing, um, this, this ran in Politico this afternoon. Jeff Katzenberg and some other friends of Joe Biden said that he should use his humor yes. to use his age, problem with age. So, of course, Joe's like, that's a great idea. Went out and immediately said, eh, I think Russia's going to lose their war with Iraq. Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> he, he conflates that all the time because remember what we said about him? Yes. He's just re, re, reprocessing all these lines from years and years and years so we you, can't get ukraine into his programming you so he keeps talking about iraq every time he makes that mistake but he also said eh, a lot of people mistake me for 29 i understand you know like wait if you're gonna do the age thing you at least do it funny he's just not right. funny he's you know right. what it is i say this my whole i've said this ever since i've, I've run across this guy he's an instigator he's a goon you know, he, he's not, he's not funny. He's angry and he just hides it behind that Irish thing. Like a lot of Irishmen, he's angry, but he hides it. Oh, let's think about that for a second. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, I just, I wanted to point out that if you're going to make fun of your age, you probably shouldn't go around talking about Russia beating Iraq in a war, right? At least not yeah. right out of the gate. All right. What All do right. you got? So not to be outdone by New York's insanity. 
this is from the LA Times. Los Angeles fireworks shows canceled oh. after new environmental rules. We're all disappointed, quote unquote. In response to newly mandated green rules, several 4th of July fireworks shows along Los Angeles County's coastline have been canceled. The decision comes just a month after LA Regional Water Quality Control Board adopted a protective firework display permit in late May, which requires new best practices aimed at reducing plastics and other pollution that could fall into oceans or marinas from fireworks displays. We cannot and will not risk the safety of our staff and the public to comply with the restrictive regulations, Chief Executive Jim Souza, I guess he's from Redondo, said in a statement, the Water Board instituted the new regulations quickly and unilaterally with little input from us. Sound familiar? One of the largest and most experienced fireworks show producers in the nation. Yeah, so um, I have bad news for everybody from California. These guys are coming back for your beach fires eventually. Oh, well, they made a run at them a few years ago. I know, I and, and, and that's what I'm saying. They're they are creeping back. This is about the beach fires. It's not about the fireworks. It yeah. is about the beach fires. They want them. They're going to get them. And you know what? I'm going to laugh while they do. I, for one, am going to have a fantastic 4th of July with my sister and two of my kids uh half the crew is is taking off ahead of us on a family vacation but uh we got plans to check out the show so with that we are uh we are wrapping up this week um as i mentioned no uh no unregulated next week so just listen to, we went a little longer so just listen to half and then listen to the other half <laughs> episode 138 unregulated in the books happy fourth of july mike as always it was great to spend a little bit of time with you yeah man sorry it took so long namaste hey.